Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends, to another episode. This time, I'm not going to tell you which episode it is. Although it is still part of the foundational concepts that you need to understand. Not only will it be foundational, it will also be a little bit more detailed. We're going to get into two things, two things that you're going to want to watch out for. These are serious too. Most people aren't going to want to listen to this. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to deal with it. They want to walk right past that and say, that that doesn't exist. We're going to talk about it. Those two things are, are you ready? Carbs and seed oils. Most people are not going to listen to this. This is going to hit home. This is one of those topics that most people can't handle. They don't want to deal with it. They just want to move on with their life as if everything is just fine. Well, these two things are not fine. Today's episode is the two killers, carbs and vegetable oil. I know what you're thinking. Do we have to talk about carbohydrates again? Yes, we do. Do we have to talk about oil or fat again? Yes, we do. Not only do we have to talk about them separately, but they commingle to ruin your health. We're going to get into it. Sit back, relax, walk, work out, drive in your car, whatever it is. I'm going to give you a bit of an overview, but also kind of get a little detailed. So I know this is going to be a little bit longer episode. Hang with me. I'm telling you, it'll be awesome. You'll be informed. We're going to stay Again, more broad ranging, less super specific, because again, in the future, we can get super specific, but the principles of these two ingredients in your diet have major impacts. So we have to get a little more broad in this episode, and then we can drill down in the future. All right, sit back. Let's go. A couple quotes for you. Many of you might know who said this, but all disease begins in the gut. Yeah, that was Hippocrates himself. 70 to 80% of your immune cells are made in the gut. 90% of the serotonin that you create is made in the gut. Partially it's made in the brain, but mostly it's made in the gut. Oh, gee, I wonder what makes it in the gut. This is also pretty cool. You know, most of the ancient medicines all knew that the health starts in the gut. Chinese medicine is said to go back more than 5,000 years. Same with Ayurvedic, which is Indian medicine. You could argue many other tribal and anthropological communities also go back that far, and they have their own medicine. I would say most of them understood, and it seems that way when you read all their literature, that they understood this much earlier. They would go after the gut. Yeah, some of them would think it was just a spiritual thing and they would exercise you and do all kinds of weird things. But most of the really good healers all knew it started in the gut. So that's pretty cool. reason I bring that up is when you consume food or beverages, 
It's going to one specific place, the stomach. And then the stomach has to deal with it. And then the liver has to deal with it. And so do all the other digestive organs have to deal with it. Then not only in those organs do they have to deal with it, but the cellular structures of those organs have to deal with it. So you have the macrocosm of the liver or the spleen, so on and so forth. Macrocosm of the intestines, stomach lining, these kinds of things. But you also have the individual cellular structures that have to deal with these things. And then each individual cell has to deal with all of the stuff that you consume. It doesn't just go in and magically just happen. There's a full process that happens. So you need to understand that you can't just take something into your body and it's no big deal. It is a huge deal. It's so huge that we don't even know fully how it works. Yet we can apparently put people on the moon. We created computers. We have lasers. You have automobiles. We have all kinds of crazy things, but yet we're still mystified for the most part on how digestion works and the human body specifically. So yes, it does matter what you're stuffing into your face. So here's the thing. Let's start with carbohydrates. Real quick one for you. Carbohydrates are alcohol, sugar, vegetables, grains of all kinds, Fruit, which technically is candy nowadays, that's an episode we're going to talk about in the future, which is fruit. And I think we're going to do that one pretty soon because many people assume fruit is good for you. Fruit is essentially candy now. And then the main one that has more problems associated with it than any other food is beans. Beans are seeds. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, they're seeds. We're going to tie that in in a second. Vegetable oil. Vegetable oil is not made out of vegetables. It's made out of seeds. Now, you could say, well, coconut oil is not a seed. Of course, you could say that. But technically, it is. There's a structure around a hardened layer which holds meat, considered meat, that's the coconut white part. And then you have substances inside that whole hard outer shell. But you still have all the fibrous material on the outside. All vegetable oils are seed oils. So I'm going to call them seed oils for the rest of this episode. That's very important to understand. They're not vegetables. You would think, well, there's broccoli oil. There must be uh, Brussels sprout oil. Could you imagine how terrible those would taste? But Eric, what about avocado oil? No, that's a fruit. Olive oil, that's a fruit. So am I saying avocado oil and olive oil are bad? Hmm, we'll get into that. Because let's see. So seed oils, which are all the oils you consume that are not lard or butter, Lard meaning anything that comes from an animal, that's fat from an animal rendered down and solidified or just in a liquid state. All other fats come from vegetation of some sort. They're all seeds. 
I told you about how they process them earlier. It is amazing how they process these things. Of all of the non-animal fats, I would personally say coconut's the best. That's just me personally. I'm not saying that you should consume coconut oil, but I'm saying that coconut oil as a whole is the best. With the caveat that MCT, that's one of the type of fats that's in there. Some people are sensitive to that. I am one of those, just does not agree with me. But I can do olive oil. Problem is, olive oil has issues too. Eric, I've heard my whole life, olive oil is the best and I should do extra virgin and, and all this stuff. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, I just explained carbohydrates are alcohol, sugar, vegetables, grains, fruit, and beans, which are terrible. Oils that you're using is not vegetable. It's a seed. So everything that is not animal fat is a vegetable oil or seed oil. Here's the issue. These two things, either separate or combined, worse combined than separate, cause many illnesses. And the one, well, I should say one of the main ways to look at this is something called metabolic syndrome. Now, it's kind of a newer term. It sort of encapsulates many different aspects, but essentially it's the newest term for a bunch of illnesses that are unexplainable or are in such a way that you say, I don't understand why I have this or this or this. Well, they all go back to a main one, which they're starting to call metabolic syndrome. I'll get further and deeper into this. I know that sounds a little confusing. Think about it in a different way. It's an umbrella name with a whole bunch of modern diseases underneath it. So let's go back to carbs. I love carbs. I think we all love carbs in any form whatsoever. I mean, let's think about that for a second. Who doesn't like chocolate? Oh, I don't like chocolate. Well, then you like something else that's carbohydrate based. Doesn't have to be sugar. Could be alcohol. You might not like any food that's sweet, but you'll drink the heck out of alcohol. It's the same thing. It's just in a liquid format. If you remember, I spoke about this in lactic acidosis episode, episode 10, of what carbs break down into. Glucose, fructose, galactose. Well, fructose is the worst of those three. And unfortunately, most of the carbs you consume are mostly fructose. Sucrose, meaning table sugar, yes, is half fructose. It's still bad, but it's not quite as bad as some of the others that you might consider to be good carbs. They're not or good sugars. They're not. There isn't a good sugar. Not one. We'll get deeper in a second. I want to hit on beans real quick here. When you think about anti-nutrients in food, and yes, I believe there's anti-nutrients in food. I am part of that thought process, that belief that vegetables are not healthy for you. With that said, I'm not saying you shouldn't eat them and that all of them are so bad they're going to kill you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply stating 
Why eat them? They all have something wrong with them, so why eat them? If you're someone that can consume those with no ill effects, go for it. That's probably not a bad thing. But does it help your health? Does it increase? Do you thrive? Does it increase your health? Do you feel better? Just because it doesn't really hurt you, does it make you better? I don't know. That's a, that's a conundrum, isn't it? But overall, beans have more problems than any other carbohydrate food. They are killers. And I don't just mean killer farts either. I'm talking about in many aspects. Every single anti-nutrient you can think of, pretty much every one of them is in beans. Beans are bad. They are not good for you. Oh, but I've heard they're such a great protein source. They're not. They're still missing certain amino acids. They're so low in so many of them. It's impossible to get a complete protein, unlike animal foods, which are complete. Remember, animals ate those plants, then made real living tissue. I digress. But beans come in many forms that you think you consume on a regular basis as healthy. Let's just hit it right out of the park right away. And I told you in the very first episode, I'm going to make certain people very upset. Coffee comes from a bean, which is also a seed. And seeds are not healthy. Beans are seeds. They have all the negative attributes. But I've heard, Eric, that they have so many great antioxidants. Coffee is full of these antioxidants. Okay, yeah, all right, they are. But so is beef. But what else does coffee have? It supposedly has polyphenols. Oh, okay, we did talk about polyphenols before. Let's think about the main one, mold. Coffee is absolutely loaded with mold. Mold is very unhealthy for you in many aspects. And I'm not talking about your good old white button mushrooms here. I'm talking about actual mold. It's got a really bad mold associated with it. It is stored. It's wet. It molds. Most people don't understand that actually the mold from coffee is what excites them. Not really the caffeine so much. It's the mold plus the caffeine together. And then when some people get headaches, it's the mold. People that have issues with coffee, it's the mold. Sometimes the acid, mostly the mold. If you drink mold-free coffee, there is a difference. People will tell you that. Many people that have issues with coffee can do mold-free coffee. I could go on and on why you should not consume coffee, but I understand it. I am not going to sit here and tell you you can't do it. I'm just saying if you want to thrive, maybe it's not the best thing for you. If you choose, episode two, if you choose to do something that you know is not going to give you optimal health, then just know there's repercussions. It's going to hold you back. It's like swimming while wearing weights. Yeah, you could say, well, when I swim while wearing weights, I get stronger. So when I don't wear the weights, I'm really strong. I can really, really swim. Yeah, you could. 
you can still consume the coffee, even when on a health journey. That's fine. Even though it might hold you back a little bit, if that's something you want to do, do it. Just understand, remember, it's going to hold you back to some degree. It's a chain. It's one more thing holding you down. But Eric, that's the one thing I can't give up. Okay, then let's counteract that by doing a bunch of other things that are healthy. Or how about let's start consuming coffee that's organic, mold-free, and acid-free. Those three things right there would make it a lot better. Also, the polyphenol and or antioxidant content of coffee actually only happens after roasting from day three through day 10. After 10, it crashes. Fresh coffee actually has all the antioxidant, but it crashes really quickly after the 10 days. Fresh coffee also tastes better. Hard to get. Organic, mold-free, acid-free, fresh coffee. Almost like you might need to make it yourself. So that means basically everything that you're consuming is not all that antioxidant rich, full of mold, and probably not organic. By the way, I used to know a coffee connoisseur. He taught me all about coffee. Most coffee... Actually, oh, here we go. I'm getting into what I said I was going to do in a future episode, but I'm already into it. So might as well continue. Most coffee is very poor, especially the big brands. I'm not going to name them, but I know you know what I'm talking about when I say big brands. Most of them buy the worst coffee they can possibly buy. They over roast the beans. They actually add flavorings to it. They spray it with caffeine in the processing of it. You are not buying what you think you're buying. It's mostly garbage, which has a very specific flavor tone to it. So when you drink this brand compared to this brand, you're like, whoa, this brand tastes really smoky, burnt almost. This brand tastes like this, this brand like this. That's because... It's not the bean and the roasting process. It's the processing that they add to it. Most of these companies, they claim how much caffeine per serving or per pound or per drink. It's so far off, it's not even funny. It's not even close. It's either way high or way low. They do make caffeine testers. I've seen it. It's crazy. By the way, on a side note, I can give you a great one. I think the best thing coffee does for you <laughs> is actually, after you brew coffee, keep the grounds, the used grounds. Did you know the grounds plus some sea salt or even a little sugar, believe it or not, little essential oils, make a powder out of it, put it in your shower, use it as a skin scrub. Awesome. Works fantastic probably should use a bathtub filter that'll keep it from going down in there so much, but it's amazing. That's one of the tips my friend gave me a long time ago, and it works. He also said that most companies buy beans that are so terrible that countries have said, please stop growing these beans. That's how bad they are. They actually asked their farmers to stop making them because it 
gives the country a bad name. So then these companies buy these beans, give them their extraordinary names, and you think, oh, wow, this sounds amazing from this really tiny region of so-and-so. Not true. Not true at all. All right, enough with the coffee thing. I'm sorry I'm hurting your feelings and, and everybody's all upset with me and stuff. Drink your coffee. But let's do other things to counter it. How about making sure that you're not doing a whole bunch of other grains at the same time? Or you're no longer doing canola oil, sunflower oil, soybean oil, corn oil, etc., etc., etc. But I heard grapeseed oil. Nope, not good for you. None of those. Super high omega content, really, really bad for you. All right, let's go back to carbs a little bit. What do carbs do to your body or in your body? First thing they do is they raise cholesterol. And I don't mean the good kind either. They raise the bad cholesterol. That's not good. That's an absolute fact. In the future, we will drive this point home. We, we will dig deep and I'll give you all kinds of references. We're going to go through all the science. But that's not what this podcast is about so much. This podcast is about helping you understand the overall principles. We'll get a little bit deeper, but the general overall principles make it easy for you to understand so you can have control over your life and move forward and be healthy. Later, we'll have a membership site. In that membership site, we'll dig deep. We'll get scientific. We'll do all that kind of stuff for all the people who love to learn about that kind of thing. But right now, just on this cast, it's to help you in your life. Otherwise, you're going to say, ah, it's too much to learn. It's too much to, I just, I don't have the time to think about all this. I just, just tell me what to do and what to stay away from. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. So, raises your cholesterol in a negative way. The other thing it does is it converts to fat. Oh, huge. We've already talk, talked about this a little bit. So this is so huge because everybody says, well, low-fat diet. No, that's not, no. No, no, fat does not turn into fat in the body. That's not how that works. Carbohydrates turn into fat in the body. Your body converts carbohydrates specifically the sugars, into fat in the body when they're not used. So unless you are doing such a large amount of exercise, you are an athlete, then you're not using it. It's going to be converted into fat. That's a fact. You know, that's not such a bad thing if you needed that to survive. But do you? If you're listening to this, you probably have access to food whenever you want it. It also slows all metabolism of the body. And I mean metabolism in digestion, in cellular functioning, in the endocrine system, in the electrical functions of your body, in your brain, in your immune system. It interferes, carbs, they interfere with every single process in your body which is why your body naturally, when you stop consuming carbohydrates, will manufacture only what it needs. It's a very small percentage. You do not need any 
and zero sugar or carbohydrates from your diet. Obviously, we're not talking about fiber because fiber is considered a carbohydrate. And even then, you don't eat any. I'm specifically talking about carbohydrates from food. The reason that it interferes with all metabolism of your body is that it interferes with the production of ATP through your mitochondria. That's the main source. That is, if you drill down in your body, your mitochondria in every cell are what keep you alive. If mitochondria stop, you die. That's it. You can have cancer. You can have heart disease. You can have all kinds of problems. But if you're not making ATP, you're dead. You make, and I think I even said this, but you make the equivalent of your body weight in ATP every single day. That's amazing. Grasp that. Your whole entire body weight is made per day by your mitochondria in ATP. That means take yourself, take a bag and fill it with ATP. And that's how much you make per day in mitochondria. That tells you how many mitochondria you actually have in order to make that many. It's called the electron transport chain. It's phenomenal. Kind of talked about it before, but it's a miracle. And all physiologists and anybody who understands anything in science who's ever looked at it is shocked by it. And they all say, it's absolutely incredible. How does that work? Why does it do it? Who designed it? How did it figure itself out? All of it. It's amazing. So the basis of life, the basis of your health, the basis of every single cell and every macro and microcosm of your body relies on mitochondria and carbohydrates in the wrong forms, meaning from your food, interfere with mitochondria. Therefore, there goes your immune system. There goes your clear thought. There goes your mental health, your digestion, your energy, your heart health, etc., etc. I'm telling you right now, it's all about the mitochondria. You protect those little bad boys, you're good to go. You interfere, you're going to feel it. The next one, oh, this is a big one. I can't wait to do this episode. And in the future, we might have actual possible podcast, a whole podcast, meaning a channel based on mental disorders and your diet. Mental disorders are completely affected by your diet. Those carbohydrates that you consume will absolutely destroy your mental health. You may say, but that doesn't explain some of the smartest people and most accomplished people in the world who still eat carbohydrates. You're right. It doesn't explain. Or what it says is, where could they be if they didn't consume carbohydrates? Because almost every single person who gets rid of them all says, I have clearer thinking. There's less issues with depression, less issues with suicide, less issues with negative thoughts, antisocial feelings, etc., etc. A good example of that, and everyone says this nowadays, but a good example is Jordan Peterson. He is arguably an extremely intelligent individual. 
And he says he's clearer now that he does not consume carbohydrates. I never noticed originally that he had unclear thoughts. It was always above my level. So I can't even imagine where he's at now. <laughs> That's amazing. This one's kind of wild. Hormone dysregulation. Yeah. So I've said this before, but hormones and enzymes basically run your body. They're kind of like the construction workers and also the supervisors or the engineers. The hormones are sort of like the engineers who kind of organize and tell everybody what to do, but they know what they're doing and they know the beginning and end. So they know we start here, this is where we're going to be. They're the regulators. They're the brains of the operation. Enzymes are the workers, the soldiers. They get everything done manually. They're kind of like Navy SEALs, Marines, cops, construction workers, moms, just about everything you can think of that gets everything done every day. Just general labor. It's handled, but it's handled in highly precise ways down to just taking the garbage out. Hormones are the intelligence cellularly of your body. Think about it when I just said the engineers. If you want your liver to function properly, then it has to hear signals from other cells and messengers and done hormonally. Let's drive this point home a little bit and get more visceral. When you eat foods without carbohydrates, fat, protein, not fiber, that's a carb. You can eat and eat and eat. And then all of a sudden, after eating for so long, you just can't eat anymore. You just literally, if I eat one more bite, I'm going to get nauseous or you're already starting. That is called leptin. And leptin is a hormone. That's how powerful hormone is. If you eat one more bite, you're going to get so nauseous that you'll have to leave the table immediately. If you've never experienced this, it's incredible once you go low carb or no carb. How about sexually speaking? That's fully hormonal. That is so hormonal that if you want a better sex life, you need to lower the carbohydrates or get rid of them. They're interfering with that. Oh, but I don't have any problems in that department, Eric. That's crazy. Oh, okay. Maybe you don't now, but you will. Or it could be better if you just got rid of them. Yes, we will talk about sexual health in the future 100%. There's some wild things about sexual health that has nothing to do with pornography. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking with your actual health related to your sexuality crazy cool stuff. You'll love it. How about digestive issues because of the carbs causing all kinds of problems? Irritable bowel syndrome and constipation, diarrhea, SIBO, which is an overabundance of bacterial overgrowth in your intestines, in your gut, and not in a good way. Acid reflux, or if we're talking in the general area, that weight gain in that area, right? That's the first place we get it. Digestive issues are massive. I just told you in the beginning, 70 to 80% of your immune cells are made in the gut. That's amazing. Okay, so let's see. If we disrupt 
the gut, which is the whole reason I gave those three points in the very beginning, all disease begins in the gut, 70-80% of immune system cells, and 90% of serotonin. If you take carbohydrates into the gut, they cause these issues. So why not experiment and get rid of these? Why not try to not consume them? They are not helping you. They're interfering with your immune system. They're interfering with your brain health through, yeah, serotonin, <laughs> the feel-good hormone, the one that keeps you from being depressed. They're affecting your digestion as a whole, hormone dysregulation, mental disorders, mitochondria, your metabolism. They convert to fat. What? Why even consume them? I haven't even got into fiber again, and we're going to do a full episode on fiber because that's going to blow your mind. Why even consume them? They, they're not doing anything good for you. But Eric, I've been told my entire life, my doctor says, and everybody says, and carb loading if I'm a marathon runner, etc. Yeah, they've all been saying that. But guess what? Most countries that eat a lot of carbohydrates are not healthier than the ones that eat less. That's a fact. Anthropologically speaking, no one can deny that. Go ahead, beat me up. Look it up. You're going to see it. All right, let's get into... Uh, yeah, the seed oils. Let's get more, a uh, little bit more in depth. So here's one of the main things that people don't understand about vegetable oils, seed oils. Omega-6, high content omega-6 is it's oxidative. It has double carbon bonds in its structure, and that's not good. Now, olive oil, fruit oils have one. They're still oxidative, but they're better. And when you get into full saturated fat like butter and, and lard, it doesn't have those bonds. Now, I will tell you, lard is better than butter. It doesn't taste as good because it's pretty much tasteless, but it is actually less oxidative and a little bit healthier for you. One of the reasons why butter is healthy is it's loaded with saturated fat. Steric acid is one of them. Very, very healthy. Now, the opposite of a positive fat in the body is a negative fat that oxidizes. The problem with the vegetable oils is they don't have the saturated fat content. They're polyunsaturated. And so by polyunsaturated, they have these double bonds. They're not great, like I was just saying. Whereas saturated fat doesn't oxidize. That non-oxidation has benefits. It's used for fuel, turns into ketones. It coats cellular structures and systems in your body, like nerve sheathing, bone sheathing, makes up the content of your brain, makes up the fat content of organs, and in your eyes, and your muscles. It makes your skin fluffy and soft and nourished and not dry. When you get into the seed oils, vegetable oils, they actually interfere with the linings of the cellular structures. So picture in your mind a cell, and it has that coating around it. That coating can be soft and supple and wonderful, or it could be hard and dense. That's what seed oils do. Seed oils, being polyunsaturated, are stiffer. They're gloppy. I know you've been told your whole life that animal fats like this really nasty 
mythic sort of substance. It's not actually like that at all. Remember, the animal took it from plants, ate it, converted it into a living tissue, animal, mammal type form, and then we eat it and we can utilize it. The plants are too raw. They, they're not the same structures as we are. Now, those linings that make up the nerves and the bones and your brain and your eyes and your lips, every single cellular structure in your body, they're harder, they're denser. That means you're drier, you're stiffer. You don't have the same ability to stretch your limbs and move your joints. You become stiff and hard. Your body actually gets very tough. Think about it in that way. The whole point of this podcast is to help you kind of see how amazing your body is and how health is, is really awesome to learn about and then do something about it. So having a hard body from 1984, man, hard bodies. Yeah, you don't want that. You want to look like a hard body, but not actually be a hard body. <laughs> Those of you who know that concept might think that that was slightly funny, although it wasn't. So the other thing that they have is a very long half-life in the body. There are different types and different densities for these type of seed oils. And the density determines how long, basically how long it's going to last in your body. Your body has to break that down. It takes enzymes to do that. Remember, enzymes are the construction workers of the body. They do all the labor. So these enzymes, it takes forever for them to break down these seed oils. These seed oils are tough and not good for fuel. They're not good for uh, making good cholesterol and good energy and used for energy from the, from the brain to the muscles. They are difficult to deal with. And they, because they're difficult to deal with, they, they build up. So the half-life meaning the length of time that it lasts in the body is longer by a lot. Could be, they say, two to seven years, depending on the type that it is, how much you've consumed, etc. I would say we don't even know the extent of how bad it really is. I would say also that they've added things to these seed oils that we have no idea are even there. And dare I say, nefarious. What I mean by that is they've analyzed fats and things in fast food or very poor quality food and found silicone. Yeah, like Play-Doh in the oils, in things like chicken McNuggets, food like that. There's plasticizers in all kinds of food. Basically, they have plasticizers in the seed oils, which are terrible for you, packaged inside of plastic, and then you're going to microwave those, or they're going to microwave those, <laughs> which is never a good thing. So all of that combined, and then you're going to eat that and think that that's food. Okay. Cholesterol. You want to lower your cholesterol. We're going to talk umbrella cholesterol here. You want to lower your cholesterol. Doctor always tells you, you need to lower your cholesterol. He never walks in and says, hey, your VLDL, your LDL, your triglycerides, your HDL. He doesn't talk like that. 
like protein, lowercase a, uppercase a, lowercase b. He doesn't talk about any of this. He just says cholesterol. Cholesterol is too high. Are you consuming things that inhibit how your body utilizes cholesterol? Are you putting cholesterol into your body, being the seed oils that your body can't handle because they're dense? They're omega-6s. You want omega-3. You've heard this. Omega-3s, omega-6s, omega-9s. You've heard this. You want omega-3s. You want small amounts of 6s, small amounts of 9s. Seed oils are full of 6s. They are mostly 6s and mostly 9s. That's not good. So if you want to lower your cholesterol, get rid of the seed oils. That means all of the salad dressing in your refrigerator has to be avocado or olive oil. And if you really need something to hit it with that eh, vinegar, where does the vinegar come from? That's a whole nother discussion. By the way, there's a great way to make mayonnaise that's not made out of seed oils. And you can use lard plus butter. I think it's the egg yolks. I'm going to look into that. But uh, you can make like a carnivore butter. Apparently it's amazing. Would be healthier. I touched on the oxidative standpoint of cholesterol. And that oxidation is absolutely killer. I mean, think about this. If you put your car outside, there's no paint on that metal. What happens? It oxidizes. That's exactly what's going on in your body. You have oxygen radical species in your body. Basically, you have things in your body that will oxidize other things in your body and will create massive negative issues. And oxidation is one of those. You can oxidize your blood, all tissues in your body, all day, every day. The more oxidation you have, the more problems you have. And I'm going to list these problems here in just a couple minutes, so bear with me. The other issue with seed oils is it's too low in saturated fat. Saturated fat is what the body wants. It loves saturated fat. You've always heard unsaturated fat. No, the body doesn't like unsaturated fat. First of all, it has to convert it from unsaturated to saturated. So that takes process and energy. Why not just get it saturated? Seed oils don't have enough saturated fat. That's a problem. Your body does not run on unsaturated fats. It wants saturated. If you take the fat out of the brain, it is not unsaturated. It is saturated. All of your good cholesterol in your body, all of the organs, all of the cholesterol and the fats that make up fuel in your body are all saturated. Saturated is the best. Side note. Anytime the world tells you you shouldn't do something, you should always ask why. And they're all telling you to do unsaturated fats. I touched on this earlier, but a high omega-6 content. The sixes are difficult for your body to deal with. They have a long half-life. They're too dense. They're, they're too hard. Think about it like the, they're hard. They're not soft and fluffy. You want light and airy and fluffy. Not lastly, but sort of lastly, they're a poor energy source. They're just, they're not good. They're, they're not optimal. They're sort of like, if you wanted to get energy and somebody said, here's a full Thanksgiving dinner meal, and then we're going to go play volleyball. 
you would say, man, if I eat that whole meal, I'm just going to fall asleep. Well, yeah, because it's heavy. There's a lot going on. That's how seed oils are in your body. They're heavy. They're hard to deal with. Or someone could say, hey, we're going to go play volleyball, but we need to have something to eat first. And you said, oh, okay, well, I'll just have something light. Well, what's light? What, what, do you, what do you think is light? The day of a game, Michael Jordan used to have one large steak six hours before the game. He said he was his lightest and most energetic by not eating anything other than a steak six hours before a game. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever played basketball for two to two and a half hours, that's a lot of energy expenditure. And if you want to feel light and quick, he said that's what he did. He's not the only one that has said things like this. Think about that for a second. You might say, well, I want an airy meal, a light, airy feeling meal before a game. What would you do? After everything I just told you, what would that be? You would think that the steak would be heavy, but it's not because the body doesn't see the carbohydrate content of it. When it sees the carbohydrate content, it has to accommodate for those carbs and it will lower your body's energy. Whereas when you don't have the carbohydrates, it doesn't have to deal with the carbohydrate load, which is slowing you down, pulling you down. Carbohydrates don't do anything for you. You do not need them. Your body will produce them. He was producing all the sugar in his body he needed, but he was also burning ketones from the steak. He didn't need the sugar, did better without it. Olympic athletes, there's a lot of Olympic athletes that don't eat carbohydrates, and then a bunch that still think they do because they listen to their nutrition advisors and all kinds of people who are still stuck in 1982. Well, that's just a basic rundown of the two things that'll really, really mess you up. I said earlier that I'd give you kind of like a rundown of what to expect from eating these two things together. Here's a general list, and I could make this list a hundred things long. So think of each one of these that I say, plus everything associated with it. Diabetes and all, all insulin and carbohydrate issues, sugar issues from neuralgia, etc. Weakness, general weakness. Most people, they eat a carbohydrate-rich meal and they get tired, right? We all do it. They don't realize that carbs plus seed oils actually makes you even more tired than if you just had the carbs by itself. The two together are detrimental. They're killers. Pain. General overall pain will lower if you get rid of carbs and seed oils together. Separately, it will, plus together it's amplified. So bring those down, pain goes down. Joints to tooth pain, all of it. Weight gain. Your weight will change based on your activity level and what your body anthropologically is. We talked about that before. Remember your somatotype. Are you an ecto, meso, or endomorph? Based on that body type, 
and eating properly will help you come down to where you're naturally supposed to be. Weight gain. Is that weight fat, water, or both? Carbohydrates make you hold water and convert into fat. Seed oils inhibit energy in the body and how you use that energy. Remember, it's a poor energy source. So it interferes with cell metabolism. Therefore, you'll hold body fat. It's a fact. Look it up. The production of seed oils, as it was coming up, people's obesity rates started coming up. I'm telling you, these two things together, they have multiple, multiple studies on this showing that as these two things increase, which they are, so does all of these health conditions and obesity. It's a fact. Previously to 1920, yeah, you might have a couple grams of omega-6 oil, seed oil type of products, very little bit here or there. After 1920, like we've talked about before, after the wars, boy, it just started ramping up. And so did sugar and carbohydrates, goes through the roof. And now up to 30 plus percent of your diet is seed oils. That means if you take a, a bowl and fill it with substance, Take 30% of that and just make that grapeseed oil or corn oil or soybean oil. Think about that. That, for a whole day, that's what you just ate for that day. This one's kind of wild, but it interferes with electrical function. Remember, we talked about sympathetic, parasympathetic. That's the autonomic nervous system. You have fight or flight, and then the calm down parasympathetic. Makes you relax, helps you deal with everything. You get up, your heart rate goes up, but then you want to sit down and the heart rate comes back down. That's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Those are very, very important. Guess what interferes with that function? Carbohydrates, seed oils, big time. Sexual issues, all sexual issues. Every single one of them, from getting pregnant to you know what. Mental, mental issues. So if you want your brain to be in a great state, why would you put fats into the brain that are nasty? They're terrible for you. Why would you not want good fats? And why would you want sugar to interfere with fat burning in the brain when the brain wants Ketones, it wants to burn fat and ketones for energy. Very little bit of sugar for the brain, very little bit. So when you add a lot of sugar, you interfere with the mental state, which then interferes with the gut. And that gut stops the serotonin. See, the gut is where it started from. By the way, like I said earlier, the Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine states that all disease starts in the gut. It's your sewer system. Sounds kind of weird being the sewer system, but it's part of your body. It's supposed to be there. It's how God wanted it. It works fantastic, but you interfered with that. So it's going to interfere with the brain. And then the fuel for the brain is poor quality. That's not a good thing. So you have mental issues when you combine these two things together rather than just one by themselves. They become compounded when you add them together. Cancer. Cancer grows from many different things. We talked about lactic acidosis. 
So the carbohydrates, when you consume carbs, you have all these detrimental factors. Those detrimental factors add up to cancer. Seed oils, I just said, they interfere with cellular structures and the half-life and how metabolism happens in the cells. So you interfere with that, cancer grows. We're going to do an episode on cancer. Everybody says, what causes cancer? Well, everything causes cancer. Everything. There, there's, there's not one thing. Everybody thinks that there's one thing that causes it. We have to find that one thing that's causing cancer. No, it's everything. Heart disease. It's not just one thing. There's a whole bunch of things that cause heart disease. You could have got heart disease from this way or that way or cancer from this way or that way. There's lots of different mechanisms that cause that. And then, of course, the digestive diseases we just talked about. Digestion is all messed up from carbohydrates and seed oils. All messed up. You are making a muck of the food that's going into your body. Carbohydrates interfere. Seed oils interfere. They cause all kinds of issues in the bacteria and all the living substances. I've been told not to say the word bugs that live in your body. All of the living organisms that are in your gut don't need carbs or seed oils. The carbs that they do consume are usually terrible from your food or they're fiber, which you don't need. You don't need them. So if you don't have the fibers, you don't have the organisms that use the fibers for fuel and therefore make everything worse. Follow me? Seed oils impact the gut. They clog up the lining of your gut. They interfere with all the cellular metabolism. So think of it like that. It's a double whammy. One's bad, the other one's bad. You put them together. Every single thing in your body is worse. It's all worse. All right. I know that was scary and that was a lot of information. I mean, that was a lot of info. Not a lot of specifics, but a good general idea of how it all comes together. Believe me, in the future, we'll hit individual topics. What good is an individual topic if you can't put it into the context of everything else? I look forward to those. They're going to be fun. They'll be really interesting. But the key here is, let's make you healthy. Let's make you feel good. Let's make it easy. So maybe this helped you grasp how important it is to consider the carbohydrates and the vegetable slash seed oils that you're putting into your body that are horrible. You're better off not having the salad without the salad dressing than to have the salad and the salad dressing. Just don't do it. Why do it? Just go, hey, I'll just have the uh, meat and let's have a couple eggs on that instead of doing the seed oils while you're at a restaurant. They mostly use seed oils anyway. They're cheap, terrible, terrible quality. Even if you say, yeah, I'll have the uh, olive oil and vinegar for this salad. Do you really think that's olive oil? I'll tell you right now, it's not. There's only one, well, commercially available, widely commercially available. There's only one brand of olive oil. That's Chosen Foods brand olive oil. Everything else, generally speaking, that you get 
has been cut with vegetable oil. Unless you get some super expensive olive oil directly from a farmer in either California, Spain, you know, Italy, etc., where you know that's certified, you're not getting olive oil. I'll tell you right now, there, there's a big difference. If it doesn't tingle your throat, it's not real olive oil. If it doesn't have that real depth of flavor, it's not real olive oil. And restaurants don't use real olive oil. 95% of the brands in the grocery store, and I mean even natural grocery stores, aren't even real olive oil. Side note, I appreciate all of you listening. If you want to hear more of this kind of thing, or you want more specifics or details, tips, whatever, I need to know because I'm doing this to help you. And I don't know how to help you specifically. So your comments, your emails, that kind of thing, please let me know so I can help you. What are you dealing with? What do you want to know? I can go over every single health condition there is, but all in all, it's about the numbers, right? It's let's help you. Let's help you be better, feel better. So please let me know what you want to know about. Otherwise, I'm just going to bring the hammer like I have so far. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourself. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment. But please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.